0: Hello. Welcome to the MagLife Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Shaw, and I'm here with Steve Lockwood and Josh Davis. If you don't recognize those two names, you must not be big deal in the precision rifle community. I'm just kidding. I probably shouldn't say that. Not everybody sitting here is a, is a big deal in the precision rifle community, especially not myself. Uh, but Steve Lockwood here is. Uh, he is a, a great competitor, uh, and Josh is a former active duty army sniper uh now he's turned enthusiast and uh i just thought they were going to be a great group of people or two people uh that also work here at gum warehouse steve you're our um
1: purchasing manager
0: purchasing manager is that the correct title it is the correct title. And, and josh yours uh i'm order fulfillment manager well welcome to the show guys i'm glad to have you here uh they're in the building all day every day but uh don't usually get to sit down and hang out usually working on stuff uh, so we'll get right into it in mag life usual fashion stevie you just got back from a major shooting event can you tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah we just got back from the precision rifle finale not too long ago uh, the finale is accumulation of your top three national level scores and they take the top 150 shooters to go compete against each other and see where you rank up all in one match
0: is this international or are you one of the top 150 in the states
1: uh, they do bring an in international as well that was changed because of Certain things going on in the world, gotcha. And certain coughs, mm.
0: the new cold, the new cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, tell me about how, how do you get invited to a thing like that? You know, the obviously you shoot well in a couple of matches. Uh, is that common to just shoot maybe two matches or three matches and then make it? As people work all year long to accumulate the points for this to go get to the national championships. Like, what what's the goal there?
1: So, I started competing nationally around three seasons ago, and in that season, my goal was to make the finale. Uh, So first year competing on a national level, I wanted to make the finale. I dry-fired about an hour a day, every day, five days a week. And I would go to the range every Saturday and every Sunday. I shot about 18,000 rounds over the course of 12 months in order to train up and get better at the sport. And I made it in by the skin of my teeth.
0: That's awesome. Josh, um, how did you you know get into the scout sniper wheel you guys I'm sorry you corrected me many times Uh, the army doesn't refer to them as scout snipers Um, how did you get into that program like what drew you to that
2: Uh, so I got pretty lucky there Um, I joined an airborne infantry battalion uh, coming out of training and um, I you know joined a good platoon and we had a a stand-in platoon sergeant he was an e6 um, and when we got our full-time guy in, uh, another E-7, they were sending this guy over uh, to head up our battalion sniper section. Um, I was lucky enough that he had taken a liking to me, and uh, he invited me to come try out for uh, the, the reconnaissance platoon. And uh, he assured me that if I got picked up on the tryout, that he would do everything he could to get me over to the sniper section. Uh, so I took a risk and went out and then uh, tried out. took took a week and i was selected and um and then he picked me up for for a sniper section and uh, that was really it um, we did a pretty good train up and then i had my opportunity to go to the schoolhouse <clears throat> down there at fort benning and um yeah i mean that was it i spent the whole rest of my career uh, my short five-year career doing that
0: so oh, that's awesome and obviously you like it enough to continue to play in that game out here as a civilian what, what is it that did... What I'm curious about, because like the, the long range shooting stuff, the taking your time, doing some math, all the calculations, and trying to get that first round impact, to me it's not the most exciting form of shooting. But to some people, it's extremely exciting for them. And like, that's what I want to figure out. You know, what What's the draw to that for, for you guys? Because I know you do other types of shooting as well, but why does that become kind of your main focus of quest for expertise, I guess you could say?
2: Uh, for me personally, I'm sure everyone's different, but um, there's just something about uh, hitting a small you know 10 inch target at a thousand yards that puts a smile on your face, just the level of precision it takes, um, all the different factors that come into consideration uh, from environmentals to velocity, ballistic coefficient. Um, to me, it's like it's like almost like the culmination of uh, marksmanship uh, at the highest level. And, you know, there's levels that exceed it. You know, we got ELRs becoming bigger now. But um, for your average Joe who doesn't want to spend $7 every time he pulls the trigger, um, PRS and, and you know, just regular precision shooting is a good way to uh, exercise your fundamentals and learn a whole lot about um, every form of ballistics from internal to external. Um, you know, with, with competition shooting, the terminal doesn't matter much. But... Um, it's just a good way to put everything you know about shooting together, um, for you know, a common goal, which is just hit really small stuff really far
0: away. What about you, Steve? You competed in some other disciplines uh, surrounding shootings, uh, shootings surrounding the shooting sports. Um, why, why does that become kind of your main one? You're best at it. I wouldn't say
1: out of all the other ones. Uh, I had a natural progression in shooting sports. I used to compete in high power rifle, which is a little bit closer range, 100, 200 and maybe out to 500 depending on the facility you're shooting at. I relocated for work to a place that didn't have any rifle matches pretty much at all. So I got into pistol sports, USPSA, IDPA predominantly. Then Three Gun Nation kicked off. So I got involved in that. Uh, I was in the first ever Three Gun Nation magazine and competed kind of on a national level in all three of those sports simultaneously. Uh, I won quite a few titles in USPSA and IDPA and kind of got bored of the sport. Uh, didn't know what else to do. And in that time, a long range facility opened just near where I was living because uh, I had relocated again and started taking up precision rifle. I was actually forced upon it by a free, former employer. Uh, we were sponsoring a match, and he said, Well, you're the only one that has skill doing this, so you're going to a PRS match. I went, had a great time, and just took off from there and never stopped
0: that's an i mean that's how you kind of got into it thrown in you're already working in the farms industry if there's a just an influence or an influencer uh a regular end user out there that's that's listening that's been thinking about it you know you can dig into some some videos on youtube and it can seem really daunting very quickly with the cost of rifles and the gear and equipment and backup rifles and everything else like it looks like it at a glance, it has a very high uh, dollar amount and time barrier for entry, even a pretty high learning curve as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's the case from, from talking to you and, and hearing your stories. So I, I think that would be, where would they start? I mean, what, what's, what, what's the bare minimum that somebody needs to go out there and experience this and see if the precision rifle series is something they want to do, or just out learning some precision rifle in a class kind of thing?
1: Uh, the first thing they need is a proper mindset if you have the wrong mindset going into it, you're going to have a horrible experience. So if you go in with whatever you own, whether it's an AR-15, an AR-10, your grandfather's hunting rifle, just go out and show up and be willing to learn and understand where you are in in your learning process. You can have a great time. Uh, About a year ago at the North Texas Precision Championship, I was in a squad of seven people. Uh, I was was in first place going into that match, so I was competing to win the, the North Texas title. And I had five new shooters on my squad. All five of them never had shot a match. One of them had only bought a gun a couple weeks prior. And they all showed up and I love coaching new shooters. I had a blast, they had a blast, and I believe all of them are still in the sport. So they came out with the right mindset, stuff they already owned. Some of them progressed more, some of them just kept wanting to have fun and shooting what they already owned.
0: I found that same thing in every competition I've ever shot in, whether it's IDPA or USPSA. I've never shot the Precision Rifle Series, so I don't really know, but I'm sure it's the same. And watching some of the videos you guys brought back from that championship uh, kind of confirmed that it was the same. The the people that are at these matches, that are competing, that are trying to win, some of them spend crazy amount of money, have lots of sponsors. There's a lot of, a lot of industry. Uh, people have a lot of money backing them. Uh, sometimes there's not very much, but they're doing what they can with what they got. Um, but even, even though they want to win and they want to be their best and they've trained really hard, very disciplined training, they often, almost all of them, unanimously, if a new person shows up, they they, they prioritize growing their sport and and growing the people around them, uh, sometimes even over winning. Now, a lot of times those those great competitors aren't really threatened by, you know, the brand-new guy showing up, you know, to win the match. But I've seen gear being long, guns being loaned out, somebody letting somebody use some better ammo, uh, you don't have the right – Holster or whatever just people taking care of each other and teaching them things Uh, every time I I go shoot a match uh, Even back in the day when I shot some service rifle matches my first match I had this DPMS AR 16-inch That I I went out and shot an NRA match with and I left there with like a belt clip uh, Cartridge holder to hand load my rounds for standing position. Uh, I left there with a nice huge like oven mitt shooting glove I had all kinds of stuff. People were just handing me things that I didn't have out there that they thought I needed, and they had an extra one. They're like, oh, no, I'll keep it, man. Just come out and shoot again. You know, they, they just thought it was awesome that somebody that wasn't 60 years old was out there shooting an NRA service rifle match. Um, I had the same experiences in IDPA and USPSA where everybody's really trying to help each other out. And What do you think that is? What's the difference about this competition than a lot of them out there? Because I've competed in some other things out there in life, and they're not all equal.
1: Getting into competitive shooting a little over a decade ago, there was a big age gap or a disparity in the age of shooters. There's the guys uh, who were in their mid-40s, so probably a little bit more established with a family and had some disposable income or discretionary income at the time. And they would bring out their their teenagers, maybe early t- 20-something-year-old. But as life progresses, the young 20-something-year-old starts to go go on and start his own family, go into a career, doesn't have Uh, Mom and dad's funding anymore for the sport so they get out of it for a little while when I got into it I was in my mid-20s and there was very few people my age group and The next closest person would be 15 20 years older than I was so I think they saw that the young Young shooter getting into the sport uh, was ambitious and they liked that the sport was going to carry on There's a lot of tradition to it. We talk about the Second Amendment. We all know that We all need everyone in the community And we need the younger generations to continue going forward and camaraderie is really the only way to do it
2: and um just to speak on that too like i think everyone uh, especially in the prs style shooting nrl uh, whether it's club national whatever you're doing uh, i think they realize that more participation benefits everybody involved um you know, the more people that are into this, the more companies that are going of come out, the more existing companies are going to roll out better products. They're going to compete. Um, prices are going to get better so that that barrier to entry isn't so high. Um, and then not only that, there's the knowledge that comes with it that there's that many more people out there uh, who are familiar and comfortable and um, trained on how to effectively engage targets at long range. Um, the first match I ever shot, uh, at this time I was a trained Army sniper, and I showed up, you know, uh, open-minded, like Steve said. And I'll tell you, it's humbling um, to get circles run around you by a dentist. Um, it's just, you know, I realize, hey, there's so much more to this to learn um, that you don't necessarily get even from a professional background in the military or in law enforcement. And there's guys out there who, like Steve said, will put 18,000 rounds downrange in a year because they have the time and the income to do it. And uh, there's so many budget and time constraints um, in the military or in law enforcement um, that you don't necessarily get to do that all the time. So uh, these guys seem more than willing to like help you out, uh, let you use gear, make suggestions. Um, But I think like Steve said, the most important thing is to just show up and just get out there, uh, give it a shot. You know, I've never really shot anything other than club matches. Um, And even then I don't, you know, winning's awesome, but I also don't show up just to win. I show up because it's a great time and I always learn something new. Um, no matter how many of them I go to or, or how long I've been doing it, there's always something I pick up. Um, so I think it's just beneficial for as many people as
0: we can um, to get involved in the sport. I yeah. think that's kind of my addiction to a lot of things, whether it's a training course, um, reading even like academic and um, medical type stuff and, or at least trauma related, but even video games and some games, I, it's my, I want to learn. I like being able to measure and see myself getting better at something. And it's very easily easy to measure. Did I hit or did I miss? You know, what am I, how many rounds did it take me to get on? Whatever. So, uh, but I think you more importantly, you touched on something there that I think is maybe, maybe the reason why we see that level of camaraderie in a lot of the shooting sports that maybe not in some other sports out there. Um, there's a lot of sports that are at, at the higher levels. They're, they're very friendly that way and very, very a lot of camaraderie and helping each other and that kind of thing. But um, at the end of the the match, everybody is still a second amendment supporter. They're, so they're still there because of the right to keep and bear arms and, and to get a little bit more well-regulated, to get a little, to keep each other to a high standard in themselves. And to do something negative uh, out there in a in a training class or in a competition or anything like that, and turn somebody away from that, that's one more supporter than we've got. We need all we can get. Uh, that's in the back of the at least people thinking the right way their minds all the time. So, um, and generally, you know, gun owners are just friendly people and just neighborly in, in a lot of ways. Going to say something, Steve?
1: Yeah, and you know, when it comes to a lot of the shooting sports, uh, it's it does have a high cost of entry especially if you wanna take it serious. And in my situation, I didn't have a mentor getting into precision rifle. And I learned a lot of things the expensive way. And I want people to learn through my mistakes. And then hopefully they can pay it forward when they reach a higher level.
0: I think that's one of the, um, the, I don't know why this popped in my head, but I see a lot of people either in, in precision rifle uh, follow them on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, I see them in a lot of competitors that are shooting, you know, USPSA at the, the world class level, and it's easy to to distinguish between your trainer influencers, your com- competitor influencers, and those kind of popular people in the gun world on the uh, on the gram and all that. The ones that are like what you just said that enjoy teaching others, like you were happy to have that that new person show up. You love mm-hmm. coaching a new shooter uh, and you also want to let everyone take a faster path to where you have are currently sitting at uh so they can skip all the stuff that sucks for you that costs too much money too much time too much energy whatever um you can help them bypass that so like that's a it's like a, a servant's heart and uh it's easy to tell the influencers that are that way motivated and and maybe another way you know jj ricasa who was on the podcast recently uh, he, I, to me, he's one of those guys who uh, he is amazing, well-disciplined shooter uh, and, and practicer of his craft, but he is just genuinely trying to pass on information, not look how awesome I am, not spending a whole video on trying to explain how smart he is. He's trying to transfer knowledge in almost everything he does out there, and those kind of people uh, are great for growing those sports, and then uh, the more condescending ones, not so much.
1: Quick story about JJ. My first ever USPSA match I showed up to, I was the young kid standing in the corner because I didn't know anyone and I was 20 years younger than everyone else with the exception of JJ he saw nobody was talking to me and I didn't know what I was doing I probably looked like a nervous scared little cat and he walked over and started a conversation with me because he knew that and he wanted to make sure my first time was a good experience
0: That's awesome see so exactly how I I see JJ great dude uh, When was your first competition Josh
1: uh,
2: my first competition uh, for precision rifle, I actually shot at the uh, first club match that they hosted in uh, Reveley Peak uh, near Austin. Um, I think uh, I just got back from Afghanistan, so that would have been summer of 2018. And uh, I was coming down for my buddy's wedding, and my dad had just recently kind of started messing around uh, with PRS and NRL type stuff. And uh, he said, hey, you know, when you get back, uh, you really ought to – give this a shot and you'll be here and, and I'll make the trip up to Austin and there's this match. It, it lines up perfect. Um, so that's what I did. I, I came out and, um, yeah, it was just amazing. It was super fun. Uh, great course of fire, super nice guys. Um, you know, I was in a squad with what I could tell were really experienced guys. And I knew that because every one of them was wearing a Jersey with a hundred sponsors on it. And, uh, you know, so that's pretty nerve wracking. Uh, but every one of them was just super cool, super humble. Um, Every one of them was offering, you know, let me try out their rifle, see what I like, uh, see what I didn't like, and um, it was a great experience. That's all it took for me. Uh, After that, you know, I was stationed in Alaska, so I went back up there, and I quickly got involved uh, with the guys up there. And uh, just just with the population of Alaska, everyone who's into this particular sport up there, every one of them knows each other. Uh, It's a very tight-knit group and uh, they welcomed me in and um, next thing you know I was going to every club match that they put on you know every month um, met some really great people and um, it's just gone on from there
0: and I uh I, I never shot a precision rifle match but my first match that I ever shot I went to um, I was stationed in Okinawa and I, I flew to uh, Virginia to uh, for foreign weapons instructor course and I, I borrowed uh, a concealed carry gun from a friend just to to carry when I'm out, you know. Like, I'm not going to be walking around here for three weeks, you know, unarmed. And um, there was a USPSA match that Saturday, and I signed up for it for a revolver with a Smith & Wesson 442 airweight that holds five <laughs> shots to shoot a lot of stages that are designed for six-shot revolvers. And uh, I reloaded so many times that day. And it, it was so much fun. And no, I could speed. there was no speed loaders around. There was a gun show like at some point, I forget the weekend before that, I don't know, but I, I ended up getting some speed strips to hold the little 38 special <laughs> cartridges. And uh, so I'm reloading with speed strips on a, a five shots. And I, everybody was laughing. I was laughing, we were having fun. And uh, I made three friends there that I still talk to on like, at least a monthly basis now. And I've never even seen them except for in that one event that day, and uh, were, we, were, we just had a great time for like four hours that day running a stupid amount of stages. I don't know how many it was. It was on the Corps base. Uh, but, it, man, what a great time. I mean, I went down and I shot some IDPA and USPSA since, and I do prefer the USPSA PSA a little bit over the IDPA mm-hmm. myself, but uh, I'm usually working or doing something uh, not working related on Saturday, and, and shooting competition is a bit work-related these days.
1: When it came to the pistol sports, I had a general rule for myself. The match had to have more rounds fired than miles I was driving. So IDPA, when it would be a 50-round match, I wasn't going to drive 100 miles to do it. So that's why USPSA was my big one. 200, 300 rounds fired and only driving about an hour, hour and a half for a far match uh, made it a lot more fun and enjoyable.
2: Yeah. And uh, like you said, Dan, you met those good people. You've only ever you know, seen them in person once in your life. I think with all these different kinds of matches, regardless if it's long range or USPSA, uh, IDPA, three gun, two gun, whatever you're doing, um, when it comes down to it, at the very least, you'll, you're likely to meet some, some good like-minded individuals who, um, who you can bond with, share stuff with, share knowledge, um, bounce ideas off each other uh, that you might not otherwise meet in your day-to-day
0: life. If you want to train, if you want to have a range buddy if you want to get better at shooting guns and a, be a more responsible owner of defensive firearms or for competition whatever your reason for owning firearms is there's two places that you can go and make friends with people that are going to teach you things you're going to be able to help them grow uh, you're going to share experiences not only experiences in, in learning but gear that you should buy so-and-so wasted so much money on x gear And realize it's horrible so now you don't have to make that same mistake because he's your buddy and he told you that it's garbage and you even got to use it at the range having a group of friends to go train with practice with uh is a great thing and if you want to find a group because people all the time like i don't tell me they come to classes and tell me they don't have anybody to shoot with nobody's ever left a class without having anybody to shoot with afterwards because they make multiple friends there that they can go train with shoot guns with go to the range whatever just hang out um that are just like-minded and they have the same goals same thing with competition. Like you cannot go to a competition and not find some new people to go out and practice with, to shoot with, to have a good time at the range.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, no, I couldn't agree more on that. Um, every time I go shoot, it seems like I, I meet someone else. And uh, like I said, my time up there in Alaska, um, one of the guys that that I ended up meeting there ended up uh, becoming one of my best friends, and uh, he's a great mentor. Um, to this day, I talk to him almost every single day. Um, and, you know, it's not all to do with guns. Uh, he gives me a lot of guidance in my professional life, um, dealing with personal stuff. Um, so, you know, guns aside, uh, generally, like you mentioned earlier, the type of people who engage in this sort of activity uh, are just wholesome, good, uh, salt-of-the-earth type people. Um, so even if, even if guns don't end up being uh, a passion of yours, um, at the very least, it's just good people.
0: Steve, what's the bare minimum that somebody needs to go sign up and jump in a precision rifle match to make all this happen, to make new friends, to learn stuff, and have a great day?
1: Uh, Just about enough money to enter the match in a Facebook page where you just go on the local club's page. For example, there's a few here in North Texas. Every state has a, a regional page or regional club page. Go on there and say you want to try it out. You don't have anything. You'd be surprised at how many people throw things at you for you to shoot your match so if you show up with a match fee and an open mind you're going to be able to shoot that
0: match if somebody has a rifle right now you know, like a honey rifle whatever is there any kind of strict requirements on that and people running out there with you know their, their seven millimeter deer rifle 308
1: 30-06 the clubs can have a their own rules but generally as the sport goes nothing bigger than 300 win mag uh, inside of that, you could show up with a two-two-three, and there's a division specifically
0: for it. Oh, really? So I could run their AR.
1: Uh, there, there's even a gas gun division. So if you wanted to run your two-two-three in an AR, uh, you could still have a great time.
0: Nice.
2: Uh, more of these matches, more of these directors. As time goes on, too, you'd be surprised how many of them have dedicated loaner ra- uh rifles for people to use. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you may show up. They'll say, "Hey, just bring some ammo," and they they have a whole rifle for you to shoot that whole match. Uh, just so you can try and get a feel for it. Rifles go down,
0: too, right, Steve?
1: (laughs) Yeah, rifles go down all the time, and I'm kind of the master at breaking stuff. So uh, if it could be broke, I broke it probably more than once. You know what they say? Uh, I couldn't eat it or break it, so there's only one other option left.
0: Yeah, I know where you're going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, at the finale, uh, day two, I was doing pretty well, and my trigger went down. cost me a zero for the stage, so that hurt pretty bad, and it wasn't the first time.
0: Let's say that wasn't the finale. That was just a regular weekend match, um, and you didn't have a backup rifle. One's probably going to show up.
1: So I had another trigger break uh, about a year and a half ago at just a club match, and one of the shooters on my squad had a backup trigger in his truck, and he even had the tools for me to change it. So we swapped my trigger right on the firing line.
0: So what what else what's most important give me something that's um, that keeps you going back you know that that's like the most important thing to you about the PRS you know is it getting away getting a break from whatever it is you do in life of course I know what you guys do
1: for me it's always about trying to become a better shooter in whatever sport I'm doing I'm not competing to be better than whoever else might be there I'm always competing to be a better version of myself
0: why do you want to be a better shooter uh,
1: i think there's a lot of reasons a lot of us want to be better shooters uh, for me i want to be the best all-around shooter that i can possibly be uh, in future times who knows what's going to happen uh, and i just want to have the discipline whether it's in shooting or not to be able to sit there and have the patience to read wins do all that it's a mental mindset that you have to play and a mental discipline you need to maintain and you could carry that through all aspects, through your professional life, through your hobbies, uh, your home life. Uh, discipline, passion, and a good work ethic will get you through a lot of it.
0: Josh, when you're shooting uh, precision rifle matches out there, you said you you're, you get embarrassed. Like if you're getting that first time when you get your, your butt whipped by a, a dentist, there's a, there's a common misconception out there that you have to be a sniper to go compete in the precision rifle series and all that stuff, which I only thing we have to say not true at all which uh, covered that but what what did you learn that you were able to take back because you were probably a guy at the time maybe you had a deployment under your belt maybe not uh, you had some experience you had you were trained by our nation's warfighters fighters some of the best scout snipers out there or scout or snipers um, you went to actually a school trained sniper you got your hog tooth and all that good stuff um, but then you went to this match uh, and you learn things because a, a lot of us, uh, myself included, when I was kind of at my peak of, of ignorance in the Marine Corps, I I thought I had a lot of things figured out. And, you know, I may have had a few more things than some of the people around me, but I didn't. You know, I, I didn't. There was a lot of things that I had no clue about, but I thought out for sure I was right. Um, what, what did you learn? How did that make you a better shooter? And how did that make you your unit better? Uh, so, lethal?
2: Yeah, so that's a, that's a huge misconception that is that you need to, you know, be some sniper to come shoot these matches. And, um, you know, what a lot of guys don't realize is, uh, in general, the civilian world is just leaps and bounds ahead of, uh, of, you know, at least conventional military forces when it comes to techniques, tactics, technology. procedures, especially gear, especially gear. The acquisitions process in the military is slow. Uh, it's painful. And um, so there's so much stuff out there that these guys are just developing at light speed uh, compared to their military counterparts. And um, some of the stuff, just an example is like uh, the exposure to positional stuff. Um, you know, you're at the schoolhouse, you put a lot of rounds down range, uh, but I'll be the first to tell you the majority of it is off your belly uh, in the prone, um, which, you know, when you've done it once, you've done it a thousand times. You, if you have good fundamentals, it's pretty hard to mess up. Uh, but the positional stuff and shooting off unsteady platforms, um, you know, balancing your rifle, uh, different grips, uh, different ways to do your uh, position yourself and your body. It's very practical out there. Very, very practical, and and that's the thing a lot of guys uh, don't understand. Even even professionally trained snipers is that, like when it comes down to it, uh, the odds that you'll be shooting off your belly in the prone are going
1: to be pretty slim,
2: you know. Um, In the urban environments we've been in for a while. Urban environments. How many
1: times have they let you take that rifle home so you could dry fire and better those MPAs?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's another thing. It's not like you're just uh, bringing your rifle home every night. Uh, It gets locked up in the arms room, and and it's kind of a process to get it back out. So, you know, uh, getting to practice um, as a civilian um, even, if, even if you want to go as far as to, you know, pattern your rifle after what, after what you're issued in the Army or in the Marine Corps, in the Navy, whatever it is, um, it's just so beneficial, um, especially with the positional stuff. And then the other thing is the focus on uh, maintaining a high likelihood of hit, high hit percentage while doing it as quickly as possible. Um, and, you know, there is some of that in a schoolhouse environment. Uh, but these guys just take it to the next level at these competitions because that's what gets them the points. That's what gets them the wins. um, That's what gets them ranked. Um, And so they're just become incredibly efficient at finding out the quickest way to engage targets at range, which is just such a huge part of a sniper's job. Um, So, you know, I could go on and on about it. Uh, Gear is a very big one. Um, Before I shot my first match, uh, my sand sock was... A GI issue sock filled with airsoft bb's uh with a with a zip tie around it um you know it got the job done but i i legitimately did not know any better that there was stuff that was so much more suited for that
0: um when i was at dm school i went to the grocery store and bought beans like a bag of dried beans and put them in a sock and sewed it together yeah that was the bag yeah they said I have this tomorrow
2: yeah know? Yeah, that's, that's like Fieldcraft 101. That's what they teach you. It's a cheap. It's it's pretty effective. Uh, and if it goes down on you, it's, you know, not that big of a deal. But um, now there's just so much better stuff out there. And that's the kind of stuff you get exposed to when you when you take a step out of your comfort zone and, and uh, go get your butt whooped by a dentist or a mechanic. You see this, this type of stuff, and um, it really does worlds um, for you. And I can't tell you how many sniper buddies I had in the Army that, You know, didn't think it was necessary. You know, they thought they were the the pinnacle of what a long range shooter should be, and then when I finally did convince them to go, uh, it really opened their eyes and kind of that's great. Kind of pointed out some big flaws. It's kind of my next
0: question. What what's your your um, if there there was one thing because I've I've done some things, went to some classes while I was on active duty, and I came back the next week and I was like, I've got to teach my people this. Like, there this is a big deal. This is something that I've been missing in, in what I've been teaching them, and I need to get them caught up because this is huge, and I'm an idiot for not knowing it already. Uh, was there anything like that that you thought after diving in a little bit that, man, I immediately got to take this back to my guys?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess the biggest thing um, would be, like I am kind of touched on earlier, is a, a much bigger focus on positional stuff. Yeah. So unlike uh, in a military setting, um, in a competition setting, typically in these type of competitions, it's all known distance. So, you know, one of the harder parts of your job as a military sniper is taken out for you. Um, that leaves the positional stuff. And that was the main thing I took away. Um, Cause you know, in these competitions or at least the ones I've done, a prone shot is actually pretty rare. Uh, most of it is some weird, awkward position. And um, to me, it's so much more realistic uh, as far as what you can expect on a modern battlefield, whether it's in a forest and your loophole, you know, is, you know, for all you know, you could be stacking up boughs on the floor for you to get tall enough to see through a loophole. Um, Or it could be the opposite. You could be crouching lower than you normally would, even in the prone. Um, You could have to bend over a limb or a branch. Uh, So it's just getting comfortable at uh, identifying the most stable way to take uncomfortable shots. That would be the biggest takeaway I took uh, from these competitions. And as soon as I got back to my section, uh, that was one of the main things I focused on.
0: That's awesome. Steve, drop me a piece of wisdom of, of where people should go check out PRS um, and find it to get started.
1: So PRS has its own website, Uh You're better off finding them on Facebook because most of the big shooters are engaged in the group, and they'll answer any questions you have. So you are you know you're getting good knowledge from reputable people because you can research their name. It's not Johnny Smith shoots guns on some forum page.
0: that You can see their scores.
1: You can even see their scores. So you can vet the information you're getting, as opposed to a lot of the forums where people hide behind uh, screen names and whatnot, and you can be getting advice that might not work for what you need. Josh,
2: any advice for somebody picking it up? Um, my, my main advice would just be just try it. Um, like he said, your easiest access is going to be social media. Um, it doesn't uh, take long at all to locate your local groups. Um, you know, get them to uh, accept your, your uh, request for invitation in those groups and then just start asking questions. Uh, before you know it, you'll have an address, uh, a time, and um, the minimum you need to show up with. And uh, I'm sure everyone that shows up will get you taken care of from there as far as gear. Um, But honestly gear is the last thing you should be concerned about until you do it a time or two Um, You know, you may have to bring ammo but outside of that just show up Um, if you're curious uh, Find some people network with them talk to them ask all the questions you want uh, And then just find the time set it aside and go do it
0: Awesome, Josh. Thanks for taking the time to sit down with me this afternoon and taking a short break from running the warehouse out there and making sure Uh, all of the magazines and firearms accessories that we sell at gun mag warehouse gets shipped out to the responsible armed citizens out there who we need to arm even more as things continue to progress in this country Uh, and Steve thanks for what your work that you do in keeping that warehouse full out there I just wanted you to meet a couple of our employees here at gun mag warehouse Uh, we don't just sell stuff you know you guys have been hanging out with me for a long time you know me but we have a lot of folks here that are, are not just working a job. They care about the Second Amendment. They care about growing the sports that they're in. Uh, they also care about uh, self-defense and uh, helping everybody become a little bit more well-regulated out there. And uh, hopefully that gets you prompted to go out there and shoot some PRS or at least some kind of competition, and uh, you get a, to become a better handler of weapons and an all-around better shooter like Steve. Uh, until next time, the Mag Life out.